The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out maddow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. Hi, this is Dr. Richard Maddow, and welcome to this week's edition of the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. We've got a great show for you today. Of course, our usual, but never unusual, but always unusual, mystery shopper calls. We've got a few of them today that I cannot wait to get to. Uh, we've got an excellent listener question. And as you may see, if you're watching us on video, which I know a percentage of you do, um, I brought in a special guest to answer our listener question this week. One of many listener questions we got, but I thought this was a, a really great one. So we'll be getting to that momentarily as well. And I'll be introducing our special guest. But before we do, I just want to remind you, I know I've been reminding you all the time, but please, if you're not listening, now is the time to realize that if you are using a regular processor for your credit cards, and what I mean is a patient gives you a credit card and you've got to pay not just MasterCard and Visa, but you have to pay a percentage to your credit card processor too. Chances are you're paying way, way, way too much. So you should do like we do here at the Matto Center, and that is we use Fat Merchant for our credit card processing. They don't charge a percentage overage. They only charge a low, flat monthly fee, and we are saving thousands. And we know dentists who are saving not just hundreds, but thousands as well. And once you get it going, it's on autopilot. You don't have to do anything, and you save every single month. So if you want to switch to Fat Merchant, which I don't know why you wouldn't, We've got a special page just for you. It's mado.com slash save. Go to M-A-D-O-W.com slash S-A-V-E. All right. We haven't taken any listener questions for a few weeks, and we get great questions. If we haven't gotten to yours yet, please don't be discouraged. I welcome you to write in. Info at mado.com will get the job done. But um, we've got a great question this week, which caused me to think, hey, I don't know the answer, so I'm going to bring in one of the best experts I know to answer the question. Um, And here's the question. It says, Dear Fixers, I'm thinking of trying to beef up my Google game. How do you feel about SEO, which means search engine optimization, if you're not sure, versus PPC, which stands for pay per click? So how do you feel about SEO, search engine optimization, which means that somebody goes on Google and they just put in some terms and you come up what we might call organically. Versus pay-per-click, which in which you're actually paying for an ad. How are we going to compare those? And it's signed, not being found. Ooh, that's a problem. Not being found in Columbus, Ohio. Well, I could give a few opinions on this, but I figure I'm good friends with, with one of the country's best experts in dental marketing, so why not bring him on? So I've got our friend. If you're watching the video, you can see. His name is David Herman, and he is the founder of Web Marketing for Dentists. So I've talked before about how you should always work with specialized professionals, whether it's your attorney, your accountant, you know, your lease negotiator. People specialize in dentistry, so why not work with them? And David is a guy that does web marketing strictly for dentists, so he really knows the ins and outs, and I'm so glad he could join us. Welcome to the Dental Practice Fixers, David. How's it going? Thanks so much. It's going great, Rich. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How's the world of web marketing for dentists in the pandemic era? Has the pandemic changed anything about the way you're helping your clients or the way people are searching? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, in the first two months of the pandemic, uh, we didn't even know if we would have a business left. And now we're just struck by how many people really need to get out there and start marketing and how things have changed a little bit. Uh, we went through a whole process with many of our clients of switching to emergency dentistry, um, which was really successful because any of those dentists who were still open were really able to, to pull in uh, patients that just couldn't get to their competitors anymore. So uh, for a lot of people in a lot of states, that was, uh, that was really useful. But we've swung back a little bit more now towards the, the higher paying procedures, Invisalign, veneers, implants, those kind of things. Um, but emergency is still, is still a big pull for people. So that's gone, that's, that's gone really well. In the end, it worked out well and it solidified our business. Well, that's good to hear. And, and you know, it's interesting that you, that you said what you just said, because from what I know about your business and how you work with dentists, um, you tend to be more specific in naming procedures to help people find their dentist. You mentioned implants, Invisalign. Do you find that's a lot more useful than just having somebody out there as just dentist? Sure. Yeah, we, we generally avoid the search term dentist as much as possible, unless it has implant, Invisalign, veneer, some other procedure in front of it. We find that there are plenty of people who are very specific about the procedure they want or the issue they have. Um, it may be something about missing teeth, which is people that probably are going to end up with some kind of implant solution at some point. Um, but we find it much more useful to target those people not only because those people are worth more in the end to the dentist and it gives a better return on investment for the marketing, but also really because dentist is a keyword. You pay as much to get somebody in just to come and have, um, have a, an emergency exam and, uh, and some x-rays as you do for somebody that comes in and does an all-on-four procedure. It's really the same price. It'll cost 100, 200 bucks um, to get somebody in for any of those procedures. And of course, if you can then get somebody to spend 20 to $30,000 instead of 100 to $200, you're that much better off. So when you come up with a marketing strategy for a dentist, it sounds like you're really um, kind of trying to pick a specific patient, somebody who you might, or we might call a higher dollar value patient. Is that the way you're seeing this? Sure, we're definitely trying to do that when we can. Um, sometimes we have bread and butter dentists who just want to bring in more patients. We can do that as well. It's just we worry more about the return on investment and how quickly we can get to a point that the marketing does pay back. For us, marketing is not one of those things that you have to do because you have to do it. You should do it because it's going to return the investment. If it doesn't return the investment, really, you should find another kind of marketing to do or maybe not do marketing. Um, that, that is an option. Um, but it, it really shouldn't be a, it really shouldn't be making you lose money. Well, but you can make it up in volume, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're losing $25 on every patient, but if we get a thousand. <laughs> we have a ton of patients though, so things must be good. <laughs> well, the truth is, so I guess, I guess long-term, I've seen numbers that say that a new patient is worth $100,000 over their lifetime. So I guess if you get a thousand patients and you lose $25 on each of them, uh, you spent $25,000, but technically you have a million dollars worth of, uh, of treatment that you're going to do. You have, you have unlimited amounts that you can make from those patients. It just takes a long time. So it's, it really becomes a cash flow issue. We very much are like a month to month agency. Like we want to do well right now. 
we're all focused on February. We know what happened in January. Now it's February. We don't live off our past glories for very long. We want to make money in February for our dentists. And having somebody come in February and then they close in June, we'll, we probably won't be able to track that properly. It's, it's nice for the dentist and we want them to have every benefit from our marketing they can have, but we try to judge ourselves in the now, not in the what might happen in the future. Oh, well, that makes sense. And look, let's face it, you can't pay your mortgage with technically this patient's worth $100,000, Mr. Banker. That doesn't do it, right? You need right. the money in your account to pay that mortgage or, or right. for whatever else you want. So, okay, let's get to our question. I would imagine it's a question that you get all the time. I'm also guessing the answer may be way more complex than we can even talk about in the in the brief time constraints of our podcast. But um it's a great question nonetheless. Is search engine optimization better or is pay-per-click better or is there really no answer to that? Um, so it's a great question. We have heard this question many times and people often come with a particular preference. Often it's actually for SEO because let's face it, it sounds really good, right? You don't pay anything to the owners of the search engine. You just pay somebody to get you into a position where then the clicks are free right? Free clicks must be good. That sounds, that sounds right. Um, and that's, I think that's why people go for it straight away. Why would you pay Google when you could get to the first position anyway on your own? So the big question there, of course, is can you get to the first position on your own or does paying Google actually get you something more? And in most cases, I think it comes down to two questions. The first question is a question of the location of the office. Um, if you're in a big city, which Columbus, Ohio is a pretty big city. Um, so if, if the person is technically in Columbus, Ohio, so I don't know, there's probably a million people in Columbus, Ohio. Um, if you've got a million people who are searching on dentistry, I mean, obviously not the whole million is searching every month, but you've probably got thousands and thousands of searches in any given month. It's well worth your while having a goal of being first or second or third on the first page of results so that you get a big chunk of that, those thousands of searches finding you. So that certainly makes sense. If you're in a small uh, suburb outside of Columbus and many people who tell us they're in a main city, by the time we look at their address, they're in you know, Highland Lakes, you know, Ohio. <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, and suddenly you see Highland Lakes actually a small village with 7,000 people. So now being number one for searches among 7,000 people, not 7,000 searches, probably more like 20 searches, that's not as enticing a goal and you're less likely to want to spend the money to get there. So a lot of it depends on your location. Um, and that's something to be aware of because it's very difficult to rank for Columbus if you're actually in Highland Lakes. There may not be a Highland Lakes, Ohio. I made it up. It sounds like there would be though. It sounds like there would be, yeah. And if not, we should create one. We'll talk about <laughs> right, that afterwards. Right. <laughs> um, so the second thing that you really have to focus on besides location is the speed with which you want to see leads coming into your office. If you are, like most offices, not doing particularly well in the rankings right now, and you're going to have to spend, you know, probably we say three to six months to see the start of results. Often in bigger cities, it's more like six to 12 months. In super big cities, you know, Manhattan, Chicago, LA, we would probably say to people, it's going to be more than 12 months. You have to commit to a couple of years. And even then, it gets very difficult to estimate where you would be. There's so many dentists, 
so many have been doing SEO for so long, it's very hard to know if you're ever going to make it. We always say we'll try hard, but we don't know if we'll be able to get in, in a position where we can generate leads. Now compare that to pay-per-click. When we start with pay-per-click, if I don't get results day one, there's an investigation that goes on. What happened? How did we not have people going to the site? Where you know Google wants your money, and they are willing to um, they are willing to give you in return visits to your site. It's guaranteed. You pay for the click. You don't pay for exposure. You don't pay to be on the page. You pay when they click and visit your site. So that, by definition, is a whole different level of lead generation. Um, your chance, once you have, let's say, 100 people going to your website, if you don't get a bite from 100 people going to your website, something's wrong with the website, right? If they're all clicking on dental implants, let's say, is your keyword, and 100 people click and they don't click, they don't click any further, they don't fill in a form or call you, there's a problem with the page. So um, in terms of instantaneous marketing, pay-per-click is still number one. In terms of uh, making it, you don't have to worry about your location, pay-per-click is still number one. SEO, certainly, for most of our clients who do pay-per-click and SEO, the good news is that your theory about, my everybody's theory about free clicks, uh, which is that that's really going to give them a return on investment that's beyond pay-per-click, is true, meaning the cost per lead when you are successful at SEO is much better, meaning a lower cost per lead in SEO as compared to pay-per-click. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's like three times less. So if you're paying $90, let's say, on, um, on pay-per-click, you would probably be paying $30 at a maximum. We've got people that are paying $10 for a lead in SEO. So there is really a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's just about how you get there. And usually what I'll say to people is, listen, SEO is really a marriage, right? We have to get married and stay married for, you know, at least six months to see results. Pay-per-click, you know, we can do a 30-day trial and you should have results. You should have leads and we should know what happened to those leads and did they close into new patients. So it's much more like, a, like just dating. So I usually say to people, why don't you just date me first? Let's do pay-per-click. If you do great in pay-per-click, I will be sure to start talking to you about SEO and how SEO might be even better than, than working on PPC together. Well, wow, that's a great comprehensive answer. And it, it, of course, brings to mind a question. And I'm not sure if there's actually data for this or if it's too abstract or if I even know how to word it correctly. But I know how I feel when I search for something and I go to a Google page. Is a, is a pay-per-click result in a way like not as classy as an SEO result? Do you know what I mean by that? Right. Um, there is definitely a feeling that many people have that certainly a lot of people have said to me, but I never click on the pay-per-click ads, right? Because I'm, I'm smart and I know it's advertising and I want to get the authentic organic results. Of course, being behind the scenes on both of those areas, I know that we've manipulated the search engine, um, uh, search engine optimization in such a way that we, we got you that position anyway, right? You're, you're first in the organic listings because of things that we've done. You're at the top of the page in the Google ads because of things we've done. So it's, it's kind of a fake distinction. And I think what we've seen with our, um, with our dentists is we've constantly tried to say, let's look at the analysis and let's work out, is an implant lead, is an Invisalign lead, is a veneer lead better from organic or better from pay-per-click? And the bottom line is, 
it varies and nobody really knows. There's no certainty to it whatsoever. You could get a great lead spending $70,000 uh, from, uh, from SEO. You could get the same person coming in from pay-per-click and nobody cares. At the, at the end of the day, we're the ones that are desperate to find out the difference. The dentists are like, why would I care? They're paying the $90 per lead in uh, pay-per-click, even though they're getting $30, $20, $10 per lead in SEO. That None of them stop the pay-per-click because that, that is value at $90. I'll take the lead at $90 as well. Of course, I'll take it at $10. And if, I, if there's hard times, and this did happen, by the way, nobody quit SEO. Everybody carried on with SEO because that's your long-term banker. Pay-per-click, you know what? Let's take a break for a few months. That's what happened during COVID. You're able to take your foot off the gas by stopping your pay-per-click spend. SEO is just constant investment because you constantly want the cheapest possible leads. When you're in a mode of expansion, you're going to take even the expensive leads. It's just about right. getting the volume in. But it kind of sounds like if you quit SEO for a while, then you're kind of placed to the back of the line when you want to start up again. Is that kind of true? Well, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think there's also a way of stopping SEO and kind of cruising a little bit. It's like you're accelerating along the highway. You take your foot off the gas. You still carry on because momentum just keeps you going. It's mm. just you're giving all the people behind you a chance to go past you, which everybody gets nervous about. And right. it's difficult for us to quantify as well. I've always said that ideally you would want to have these metrics where you can measure yourself and all of the, I don't know, 30 people behind you. And when you know you're a mile in front of them, you can say, you know what, we can just kind of ease off and save on the gas a little bit, wait till they get to like half a mile away from you and then accelerate forward again. Right, right. Ideally, that would be great. That, as far as I know, there is no real way to do that. You just keep you just keep going. You make one mile into two miles, into three miles, into four miles, and you just keep going because you're we're constantly nervous that somebody's gonna come up super fast behind us and overtake us. You know what else is really interesting that just came I mean, it's like duh, I should have thought of this, but I, I really didn't think about it clearly until you started describing all these things. It's like you do a Google search and you think, I'm not clicking on that ad because somebody paid for that ad. I'm clicking on this organic search that showed up on the first page. Well, that's paid for also. You're not showing up on the first page unless you're paying somebody to do your SEO. So what's the difference? So, so, so sometimes we're very careful at the agency. We have, a, we have a, a, a policy that we don't click on. Certainly, we don't click on our own clients' ads. We don't click on our competitors' ads either because literally it's like, you know, if people are paying $5 a click, you're literally, if you're not interested and you click, you're, you're taking $5 out of their wallet. Right? They're literally paying for that. So we say, we're not going to get involved with that. We don't need to. We can usually find the page anyway in other ways. But one of the times that I will click on an ad is when I'm doing a search for myself or for my company. And I think to myself, that guy has written an ad really well. He wants me to click. And I want to click because he matches exactly what I'm talking about. If I get to that page, I'm pretty likely, based on that ad, to actually buy it. Now I'm okay with charging him $5 because... I, I am his target market now, right? Once you see that and you see that somebody connects with you properly, you want to click. And when I get there, and if it's not the thing that he described in the ad, I'm kind of mad with him. And I'm like, you know what? You made me cost you $5, but it's your fault because you said in the ad that it was this and then you changed it. 
And it's actually a major issue with advertising in general and with Google ads in particular is to match up the ad with the landing page. You can't say in the ad that it's 1200 bucks for something. And then when they land there, it's like, well, it's 1200 bucks, but of course we have to do all the prep work and that's gonna be an extra 500. Don't do that. I either oh, say 1700 bucks straight away. Don't start messing with them. They should be very consistent. Ad and landing page have to match up. And usually, of course, we, uh, I mean, we ourselves have, you know, have problems keeping that in, um, in, in order. But generally, I see that as one of the biggest problems with Google Ads. And that, I think, is when people get very dissatisfied with it. And Google Ads does as well. Google Ads only wants people to be happy. If you, if you click an ad and you bounce from the page, meaning you leave within five seconds, that, that gives a ding to that ad. That ad is going to drop in position now because of that. They want to see that you like the ad and that the landing page was also good quality so that you stay. Like Google is focused on consumer above all. The, the searcher must find what they want. And if, it, if they're not finding that, whatever they found is going to drop down the rankings. Even Very even interesting. Rankings. So if, if you exaggerate or kind of schnuckle-duckle with the facts in your ad just to get a click, Google will, will find out? Yes, especially schnuckle-duckle. That's, oh, they uh, always find out. That's in, Google. the, in Google's rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Well, hey, this is great information. I know we're only touching the tip of the iceberg. Well, you live in Miami, so there are no icebergs there. Here in Baltimore, <laughs> I think there are icebergs forming in the harbor right now. It's about 25 degrees. But, um, it, but not literally, but figuratively, we're only touching the tip of the iceberg. If somebody wanted to find out more, find out what it's like to work with you or how you can help Dennis, how would they get a hold of you. Sure. So they can go to webmarketingfordentist.com and the four is F-O-R. Or they could actually just, they could text me, you know, text me 786-529-5955. 786-529-5955. But don't text David Herman and say, hey, that does not sound like a Miami accent because he'll just get really frustrated. And I'll tell you right now, he's here by way of Manchester, England, a really cool city for music and football or soccer, as we call it. So. Right. But a really cold, wet and gray city. And that's why there are many Mancunians here in Miami, actually. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of us and London as uh, well. Uh, excellent. Um well, thanks so much, David. Actually, um, if you're listening to this podcast, I know some people listen to them months after they come out, but if you're listening to this podcast before, I don't have the dates with me, before early March 2021, we'll actually be doing a Matto Center um, webinar with David Herman in the next few weeks. So just go to matto.com, M-A-D-O-W.com. You can get some more information on that, and he will have some time to go into much more detail and show you some really cool charts and graphs and data points about SEO pay-per-click and all other really neat things for, for dental marketing. So thanks so much. Hey, I, I want you to stick around because, um, as you know, at this point in the podcast, we do some mystery shopper calls and you know you could you could have a dentist have the best web marketing the best seo paper they could be paying five cents per lead and be all 12 entries on the first page of google but if then somebody who answers the phone at their office doesn't say the correct things all the money's lost agree yeah oh a hundred percent we're we're looking for dentists that can that can persuade let's say they generally <laughs> don't like the word sell but you have to be able to persuade people and you have to have a functioning front desk to answer the phone. So let's listen to okay. some calls. Well, I'll tell you, I did three calls this week 
I did three calls in a row. I didn't cherry pick. I didn't do 10 and just play these three. I think these are three of the shortest calls I've ever done in the history of the Dental Practice Fixers Pocket. Each one, I believe, was less than 20 seconds. Now, when I tell you the premise, David, you're not going to believe that somebody in the dental office could mess up this call. But I called an office, or three offices actually, and said, can you recommend a toothpaste because I think I'm getting a cavity? Now, if there was ever a patient screaming, I need a dental appointment, it's somebody who calls and says, I think I'm getting a cavity. So let's see how they handle it. Now, I'm going to, I'm holding, this is Command Central. I'm holding it up to my AirPods, hoping you can hear this, because uh, we don't have any kind of fancy system where I can just plug you in here. So hopefully you can hear. Um, let's do call number one. Hey, I want to know um, what toothpaste is the best if I think I might be getting a cavity. Fluoride toothpaste. Fluoride toothpaste. Okay, I'll I'll go check that out. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Are you as astonished as I am? Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I've been more oh, astonished. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, haven't we all? I mean, sometimes we've heard people, you know, that people call about a specific procedure and are told that that's not a procedure they do. It's literally a procedure that they do in the office and the front desk doesn't know or whoever's answering the phone doesn't. Um, <laughs> and the dentist involved, when we, when we told him that, said, I'm, I'm going to fire that girl right now. And we said, don't fire her, just educate her. Like, tell her exactly. what it is you do. And sometimes that's the, that's the difference is there's just a presumption that everybody will know exactly what's going on. We always speak to the front desk because when we start campaigns, we always had the problem of people would call from the campaign. Oh, I see there's this offer and a free consult. And they'd be like, no, that must be a different dentist. <laughs> and then you're just like tanking the campaign because the front yeah. desk doesn't know. So we always speak to them. We always get them involved in the campaign. So I did that as, as our mystery shopper calls, maybe about a year ago, I, I went on dentist websites and I tried to find websites where they had a new patient special. And I called the office and said, can you tell me about your new patient special? They never, I mean, never knew what it was. So let, let's do another call here. Um, I think you're going to find it somewhat similar. Maybe there'll be another twist to this one. Let's try. Please press one to continue. I love the press one to continue. Thank you. Office. This is Bailey. How may I help you? Hey, I'd like to know, uh, what toothpaste do you recommend if I think I might be getting a cavity? What's the best toothpaste for that? Um, ClinPro could help a little bit. It's supposed to be a preventative and help with sensitivity as well. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. I'm going to have a great day because my cavity is not getting better. And, and here's the uh, double crazy thing. ClinPro toothpaste, I'm pretty sure, is a prescription product that you have to get from your dentist. So she's not only saying, you know, the patient's not only saying, I have a cavity, what should I do? She's recommending something that they would give a prescription for or distribute in their very office. And she's not inviting the patient to come in. Yeah. Training, <laughs> I think, is the solution here. Yeah, I, and I, I'm so glad you said that because in our several decades of coaching and consulting with dental practices, you know, some people think, oh, I'm going to call in a consultant and they're going to clean house. It is so rare that we recommend that a team member be dismissed. It's 
frequently that we say, hey, let's have you know our coach work with this team member on this skill. Because we give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We never come in and say, you're an idiot. You have no chance of succeeding. Just get the hell out of here. We say, let's train them. So, all right, let's do one more call. Just, just for fun here. I don't know if this is fun anymore. <laughs> How can I help you? Hey, could you recommend which toothpaste will be best if I think I'm getting a cavity? They they pass out gum toothpaste here in the office. Anything with fluoride in it is going to be <laughs> helpful. Great. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Bye. I have to admit, I am a little surprised. Three calls in a row saying I think I'm getting a cavity, and nobody had the common sense to say, "Well, if you think you're getting a cavity." Why do you come on in and have, have Dr. Harmon take a look at it? I mean, is it really that tough? What do you, what do you think if, if people at the front desk were incentivized, and maybe these people are incentivized, but they're incentivized by number of new patients coming through the door every month. Uh, let's say your average is 20 and you say to your front desk, you know, this month we're going to give you 10 bucks for every new person that's in my chair over the 20, let's say over 20 new patients. Have you, have you seen that work? I, I've seen it work short term. And again, I'm not a huge believer in bonus systems. Um, some practices that we work with have successfully used bonus systems. And all of our coaches are adept at instituting bonus systems should the office want that. But I think, as you said, you know, I don't know. I just feel like you shouldn't have to bribe somebody to know that if somebody calls and says, I think I'm getting a cavity, that they should say, why don't you come on in? Right. Just my opinion. I agree. Yeah. I agree. No, they should definitely be be saying that. They should be looking for opportunity. Um, I mean, if a dentist, you know, called us and said, you know, what would you recommend as a hosting solution for a website? We wouldn't say, oh, yeah, go use GoDaddy. Well, we <laughs> anyway, but, but we would obviously say, tell me more about your problem. And where is that website? Let me take a look at it. We're a bit more solution oriented, maybe. Is that, I mean, they should be solution oriented as well. They should be. And tell me more. It's a great phrase. I mean, what if one of these people said, tell me more? Then the patient would have said, well, it hurts every few days. I notice when something cold gets, you know, in my lower right, it hurts a little bit. Then boom, then they've got, well, that's definitely something you should, let's have a look. Because usually, you know, if you come in now, it's a simple fix. If you wait too long, it could be much more complicated. Just so many nice things you could say to this patient. Right. That's it. Whenever we talk to the front desk, we never train them as salespeople. In fact, we always say, you are not salespeople, but you know what you are is you are um, you are engaged in the community and you have some knowledge that you can help people with. So just express concern, find out more, and usually they'll they'll feed you more information and you'll be able to work out if you can help them. But just be really helpful, um, you know, as you would be to a friend. These are people in your community. They're just friends you haven't met yet. Friends you haven't met yet. I love that. But you know, it's so funny. If I went to a, you know, a friend of mine and said, hey, um, hey, Jim, I think I'm having some sensitivity in my tooth. What do you think about that? My friend Jim would probably say, oh, you should go to a dentist. I'm, I, my dentist is great. I'm, I'd like to recommend her. But, but here you call an actual dental office and then I'll do it. I don't know. It's just crazy. Right. It, it is crazy. And I, some of it is also about how attached the front desk is to the dentist. I, I have an old friend who's been a client many times over the years, 
And because I knew him when he was just starting as a dentist, I always thought of him as, you know, not being, you know, not the best. He's just a guy I know. It happens that his, his front desk convinced me about how great he is because of the things they said about him. They were amazed. They'd worked at other places. They're like, we've never seen treatment like, we've never seen somebody work with the patients like he works with them. So I was sold on it. I was like, yes, okay, great. We, I've got a campaign idea for you because of what you're saying. It was important to me. And if it's important to me, of course, it's going to be more important to the patients. But it's amazing the power the front desk has to sell you on who the dentist is. It's just a I, superpower. So, you know, it's interesting. And um, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. And I want you to tell people how to get in touch with you one more time. But a few months ago, I did mystery shopper calls. And I just called and said, can you tell me something about the dentist? And not one person sold me on how great the dentist was. They would all just say like, um, he's been here eight years and he went to University of Michigan. Like, big deal. I'm going to assume my dentist graduated dental school. You know, that's kind of an assumption I'm going to make here. Nobody could really brag on their dentist, as they might say in the South. They couldn't brag on them. And I was really surprised. And they probably all could have. If I'm sure if you asked that person, tell me 10 great things about your dentist. Well, if they work there, they're presumably happy. I'm sure they could have done that. But nobody, nobody had the wherewithal to do that. So that was kind of sad, too. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> Yep. Well, hey, we're, we're at Dental Practice Fixers. We're trying to fix that one week at a time. And I'm looking forward to the day that so many people listen to this podcast that we can't we can't get a bad mystery shopper call. But until then, it looks like most of them are, are pretty pathetic. I hate to say. But anyway, you're listening to the Dental Practice Fixers because you're interested in learning to see what's going on in other dental practices and how you can fix that in your practice. And I hope it's it's helping. And we really appreciate all of our listeners. So tell your friends, if you want to go give us a good rating online, that would be fantastic. Um, you can watch us on YouTube, listen on Apple, Spotify, all the regular podcast places. So thanks so much for being a listener. And I also want to give special thanks to our guest this week, David Herman, founder of Web Marketing for Dentists. How could somebody reach out to you one more time? Uh, so webmarketingfordentist.com, uh, written out longhand, or text me, 786-529-5955, 786-529-5955. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. I'm Dr. Richard Matto, co-founder of the Matto Center for Dental Practice Success, and thanks again for being with us on the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. See you soon.